Welcome to Fresh Takes on the Future of Work. We're focused on fresh perspectives from business and HR leaders about the future of work. Fresh is an acronym for freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Values core to operating in the future of work. We'll tie back to these while exploring interesting stories and actionable ideas. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jess Pagoni, co-founder and CEO of Luna, a technology platform that enables managers or their companies to offer personalized employment. Our guest today is Megan Witherspoon. She's a mother of two humans, one dog, four chickens, and lots of honeybees, an environmentalist, and an outdoor enthusiast. She's also the Vice President of Communications at Altria, where she leads all internal and external communications for the company. She's passionate about building culture and bringing humanity into business, work-life harmony, and pushing for positive change. Her knack for communications shines through in, in perspectives shared on LinkedIn. Always thoughtful and sometimes viral, a recent post Megan shared gained over 100,000 likes and more than 2,200 comments. Megan, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. All right, we're gonna jump right in. It is time to get fresh. So Megan, how do you define the future of work? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm definitely not a futurist or a fortune teller by any means. So, you know, sitting here today, I don't know that I can tell you exactly what the future of work will look like because I think it's still being shaped. But what I do think is that whatever it looks like, it will ultimately be shaped by employees and will be much more employee-centric and personalized and varied than kind of the historic kind of one-size-fits-all one um, look of work. And so just I'll expand on that a little bit. You know, if you had asked me 18 months ago this question, I was kind of reflecting back, pre-pandemic, how would I have answered this question? And I probably first would have answered it by saying, I don't think I'm qualified to answer that question because I'm not an HR leader. You know, I'm not in a field focused on kind of the future of work at all. Um, but I've always been passionate about culture and workplace trends and, you know, certainly read a lot about organizational design and things like that. But I was just, you know, an employee living in the system, right? And I probably would have told you that I think the future of work is flexible, but that it's probably a long ways away. So fast forward to now, you know, it's amazing how much has changed over 18 months because now I feel like we have basically fast forwarded 10 years of what, you know, what I would have predicted uh, the future of work to look like. The pandemic has really accelerated a lot of trends that I think were kind of slowly in the works and really acted as a disruptor, forcing us into the future overnight. Now, I would say I do feel like I'm qualified to answer that question because, as I said, I feel like the future will be shaped by employees. And as a leader at a large company, I feel like a lot of my role is helping to define what the future of work looks like for us. 
and I feel like we're in a little bit of a uh, sort of state of suspended animation at the moment because, you know, it previously it was a, a pure office-based culture and then everyone was sort of sent home overnight and everyone went fully remote. And we're just now starting to kind of gradually come out of that phase as some companies are starting to reopen offices, et cetera. So I feel like we're still in this state of flux where it will be interesting to see what, where we go from here and what the next phase looks like. And I feel like we're gonna diverge for a while and then maybe converge again somewhere down the road. Because I think, you know, right now we're sort of, many of us are still in the, the work from home model. As offices reopen, I think different companies and industries are gonna take very different approaches. You see some that are really trying to like force the genie back in the bottle and go back into the office full time. You have some that are taking a more hybrid approach some of which, you know, in some cases dictated by the company, how many days a week you'd be in or out of the office in some companies taking a much more flexible kind of employee choice model. And then you've got some that are just going full remote. So you have all these different models that are starting to emerge and, and people are trying different things and, and companies are taking different approaches. And I think over time, we'll see where that goes. And I think you'll start to see certain models become the predominant models because they're the ones that are working for the companies and for the employees. And I think employees are gonna speak up. You've already seen that. They're gonna get loud and they're gonna vote with their feet. We're seeing that as well. We've already started to see some companies backtrack a little bit on what they had previously communicated <laughs> their expectations to be. It's I, I. It's so interesting what you're, you're saying. And I think that the visual of suspended animation is really incredible um, because I feel that sometimes. I'm like, where are we going here? So it's, uh, but also pair that with the, you know, converge to diverge approach. That's innovation. That's kind of, let's source all the ideas, let's yeah. test and let's learn. So I think what you're saying is really important that it's okay right now that companies are testing and learning and that could be, maybe, I don't know, but that could be the future of work. That could just be like an ongoing process of testing and learning yeah. and potentially learning that, that it will be a mixture of models for every organization. So lots of really good stuff packed in there. And I think a good segue to my next question around, you know, thinking about this acronym FRESH. Freedom, resourcefulness, empathy, simplicity, and happiness. Which of those areas do you feel like is the most pressing right now as we think about this future of work and the, the evolving employer-employee dynamic that you touched on? Yeah, I mean it's totally a trick question, right? Because, <laughs> because all of those are are critical and frankly, I think they're very interconnected and mutually reinforcing, right? But I'm gonna go with happiness, but I'm first gonna say, I'm a huge advocate for empathy in the workplace. And I think over the past 18 months, it's been critical to survival for everyone. You know, we just been through some of the hardest, hardest months that any of us have kind of lived through <laughs> in our generation and without empathy and, helping each other through it. I don't, I don't know where we'd be. So 
I think empathy has been huge and it and will continue to be important. I'm going to pick happiness going forward because I think, again, I think it encompasses some of the others, but, you know, a lot of companies, when you talk to them about their obligation to their employees, they stop well short of thinking that they are responsible for employee happiness. They think, oh, I'm responsible for their, you know, their paychecks, making sure they're engaged and productive and all of those things, but happiness isn't usually kind of top of the list. And when I talk about happiness in the context of work, I don't mean that work has to be all fun and games all the time, or that, you know, everyone has to be walking around with a giant smile all the time. When I'm talking about happiness, it's more in the, in the context of fulfillment and having employees feel like the work that they're doing aligns with their personal values and their sense of purpose and that it's meaningful and additive to their lives and not something that's getting in the way of their lives, which I think has not been necessarily how we've historically thought about work. But coming out of this pandemic, you've seen so much about purpose. And you know we've just all lived through one of those times that really makes you sort of step back and reassess you know, life is short and what are we here for? And, and what exactly do I wanna do with my time? I think work has to accrue to those things and it's got to align with people's purpose and also feel like it's a place where they can be their whole selves and bring their full identities to the table in a way that kind of is fully embracing of who they are as people. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, this is the people are speaking with their feet moment that they're, they're like, whoa, why am I spending all of my time at this place that I don't like or doing a job that has no real significance to me and who, you know, what my values are. So, and I do, I, I completely agree with you that that is core to happiness, to be real, to feel that authentic, genuine, happy feeling, you have to connect to some type of greater purpose or greater good that you're able to deliver in work and life. And to use the, the Luna motto, we, we call it work designed for life. So creating a scenario where your work is, is really at harmony with your life. Yeah. Um, but um, I appreciate that answer. And, and, and I, I, also will admit it is a trick question, but um, by asking people to choose one, it's it kind of teases out some important topics for sure. Yeah. All right. So how how do, you're you're a leader in, within your organization, and as you reflect on leadership and management in the future of work, how how what would you say or what would you share about how managers can navigate? the months ahead. And I'm gonna just interject briefly and say, you should definitely highlight maybe some of the things in your viral post that you <laughs> had shared, because I think that so well connects to this, this concept of leadership and how we can navigate. Sure, yeah, I mean, the, the first thing I would say is we've gotta keep listening to each other and being human, in the workplace and empathetic. So again, to go back to your empathy piece, you know, I think that we've been doing a great job of that through the pandemic. What I would hate to see is, you know, we think we're kind of coming out of the pandemic and we 
we kind of go back to business as usual and we and we stop listening because we're again, like I said, we're going to be in a state of flux for a while. It's going to be a while to kind of figure out what's working for people and what's not and people kind of finding new new routines and new ways of working and we have to kind of be there with each other through all of that to make sure that people feel fully supported and they feel like they have the flexibility that they need. And that viral post was really all about recognizing that people are human beings and they have very real needs outside of the office and that flexibility is sort of a way of acknowledging that and you know, the work will get done. Like, I'm not ever concerned that the work is not going to get done. So where and how you get it done doesn't so much matter to me. What matters to me is that you have what you need. You're able to, you know, live your life fully and take care of what you need in your life and perform at your best, however that, however that looks. So I think that will continue to be, you know, really important going forward. Megan, so, so, if you had to give some advice to the the leaders out there who are sitting here saying, that sounds great, I get it, but we still have work to do. We still have to get the work done. And I'm not confident that, you know, when people aren't here, the, the same amount of work is happening. Or I guess maybe my question is, how can you help leaders right now shift their mindset a bit? So how do you kind of move from the policy-driven mindset to more of the possibility-driven mindset? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's one that's, it's almost hard for me to even understand the question because I get that it's a very normal question. A lot of people are, how, how do I know that the work is getting done if I don't see it happening? But at the same time, I, what more do we have to do to prove that people can be effective no matter where they're working? I mean, we've just done it for 18 months while people were trying to virtual school their children and take care of elderly parents and deal with pandemic drama. You know, we've put, you know, people have been put through the ringer and still delivered. To me, there's just no doubt about it. There's really no room for questioning um, whether that's possible. And I think, I think the opportunity ahead is to focus less on the where, because we figured that out, and focus more on the, the when and the how piece of flexibility, because I think there's so much opportunity to think differently about how work gets done and how it integrates with life differently and really approaching work differently versus sort of setting up your work office in your home, which is I think how we've sort of approached it to date, which is where the whole test and learn, you know, diverge, converge thing comes in. I think people will over time try different things and, and learn that there are a lot of ways that this can work. All great insights. The one thing that's really resonating for me right now is maybe the doubters that are out there, the people that are like, I don't know, like, let's all go back to the office. Maybe, maybe the advice there, and, and I, I think you, you said it well, is, is look at the evidence. Look at the evidence in front of you and trust that that is leading the way to new possibilities versus, you know, we've got to go back because 
it, it would probably never be the same anyway if we went back to the, exactly the way it was. Right. I don't think, I, I think there is no going back. I think trying to go back will be harmful to, the, to a company and to employees. And I think t- to your point, if, if for some reason for certain people, this has not worked and they haven't been able to deliver the outcomes they need to deliver, then that's a question of why. Mm-hmm. And it can't necessarily be just a matter of, you know, working remotely that is causing that. There must be some kind of other things going on or, that, or eventually it's a performance issue, not a flexibility issue. Right, right. Yeah, great point. So my last question for you today is around a company that you admire right now for their fresh take on the future of work. So I'm going to give you a funny answer and then I'll, then I'll be a little more serious, but I'll probably not really quite answer your question. <laughs> so my funny answer is a company I really admire is one that I saw mentioned in some article that is like a startup, smaller company that has decided that this work from anywhere thing should involve the company owning a yacht that travels between Caribbean islands or something. Because why not, right? Amazing. You can all have the work done, whether it's from, you know, Jamaica or somewhere else. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, it's work but, and vacation all in one. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's jokes aside. Um, you know, what's interesting is this isn't about a company, but it's more about an industry. Um, I have connected through LinkedIn with some folks in corporate real estate, which is an area that I know nothing about, have never you know, been involved with or anything like that. But it's been really interesting to observe the interactions in that industry. There's clearly a division going on. There are the, the kind of old school folks who, I mean, these people make their money by selling build office buildings to companies, right? And so there's a lot of that industry that is trying to get people back into buildings because it secures their leases and keeps them in business. And then there's this other group um, within the industry that is really trying to embrace the future of work and think about the structure of work and where it happens and when in a completely different way, in a way that really in some ways puts their business model at risk and in some ways opens up like huge new opportunities because they're talking about, you know, flex workspaces in distributed places and space as a service and all kinds of like really innovative ideas for helping companies provide a better employee experience, which I think is just really interesting stuff. Um, and so, you know, interesting relationships to be made there, but all with the idea that the employee is sort of the center of gravity and how do you create an experience that appeals to the employee and enables them to perform their best work, whatever that looks like. Um, fascinating. I think the, you're right that, that, that industry was sort of ripe for disruption in general. Yeah. It was, it was kind of this like rinse and repeat model for so, so long. And 
the, the camp that you're speaking of that's embracing like, all right, how are we going to create more collaborative spaces? How are we going to put the employee at the center? How do we monetize all of this space when we might not need it all the time? I think will be really incredible to watch. And, and thanks for calling that out because that is definitely a fresh take, kind of yeah. a new look at, at an industry. So thank that's you. Great. Have loved having you, Megan. All of your perspectives have, have been so insightful. I'll be thinking about it for days to come. And to the rest of you listening, don't forget to stay fresh.